2: Welcome back. Final segment of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. And as we've been rolling through the day today, uh, a lot of things have been jumping out to me over the weekend. So I want to share just kind of a, a grab bag of thoughts as we roll through our Monday today. Uh, that are uh, critical, as uh, we have announced that just uh, moments ago, the vote in the Senate Judiciary Committee. Uh, Senator Padilla from California actually arrived uh, in the Hart Building, where the Judiciary Committee room is. Uh, they very swiftly uh, moved to a vote. And, of course, it was an 11-11 tie after all of that. Uh, then they'll do a little procedural move uh, by notifying uh, Senator um, uh From New York, excuse me, (laughs) Uh, who's the leader of the Senate, who will uh, do a little procedural maneuver and will allow that to proceed to the floor of the Senate. Uh, Then the debate will begin on the Senate floor. And as that begins, uh, there'll be uh, a lot of hot uh, rhetoric going on uh, that I think will distract from uh, a host of other things going on in the country and around the world. And it'll be interesting to see what uh, Chuck Schumer does in terms of uh, the time allocation, how that gets negotiated, and that will be negotiated between Senator Schumer and Senator Mitch McConnell uh, as they get it to the floor of the Senate. And then uh, both sides will go back and forth. They'll have equal amounts of time uh, to uh, have debate there. Uh, many of the senators who are not on the Judiciary Committee will have an opportunity to weigh in. Uh, we're certain that uh, Utah Senator Mitt Romney will weigh in at some point along the way, usually giving some indication in terms of uh, his leanings. Uh, remember, he met with Judge Jackson late last week and uh, but has not uh, mentioned which way he intends to vote when that comes to a final decision. Uh, the other thing I wanted to get to is just in our last segment, if you missed our last segment, you got to go check out the podcast today. Uh, Les Carpenter... Uh, just did uh, an amazing thing. She showed us uh, what being a constituent looks like. She engaged in the process in a big way. Uh, she didn't just keep shouting things on Twitter or making Facebook posts. She engaged in the process. And she actually went and shadowed her representatives. She represent, uh, shadowed Representative Senator uh, Todd Weiler and, uh, and others up on Utah's Capitol Hill and came away with a very different perspective in terms of what actually happens up there. Uh, And and I think that's so important because uh, I think we can go uh, to uh, Teddy Roosevelt, who talked about that it's not the critic who counts. Uh, It's not the one who points out uh, how the strong stumble or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to those who are actually in the arena Uh, And uh, we'll come back to that. But I love the fact that Leslie Carpenter got into the arena and didn't just point out where she disagreed, didn't just keep lobbying verbal bombs from far away, but got up close and saw the process. And that's a game changer. And that's why we all need to be engaged citizens to see uh, how that goes. Uh, Last week we we played, uh, it was the 46th anniversary, I think, of uh, I'm Just a Bill. Schoolhouse Rock, and most of us can sing that, but most of us have never watched that actually play out. Uh, that's eye-opening. Uh, that's game-changing in terms of, of how we actually get things done. And so, I again, I applaud the Les Carpenter for making that happen, and again, great piece by her in the Salt Lake Tribune today and uh, you should check that out it's a it's a great story uh, with a lot of great insight in terms of what actually happens in that in that process we also continue to follow the atrocities coming out of bucha in ukraine uh civilians mass graves and uh, just so many atrocities that come out of that and we we had some really good insight in terms of that red line uh, is this the the red line uh, that causes europe to look at things differently uh, of course, they've been very hesitant to uh, to deal with the oil and, in particular, the natural gas that they get from Russia. And will will this be the final straw in that space? Uh, we, we had a, a great conversation earlier in the day with Rick Nowak uh, from the Washington Post, who's there in France, and actually uh, reminded us that uh, there's actually an election going on in France this week. Uh, and there'll be a, a first, and then I believe it goes to a, a runoff, uh, which will be about three weeks from now. But obviously that puts a lot of political pressure uh, in terms of what you do. What is the economy doing in France? How are the uh, people of France viewing what's going on in Ukraine? Do they see that as ultimately a threat to them and to their way of life? Do they see these atrocities? Do they see the refugees? And do they see that uh, as something that they, they have to have a brighter red line in terms of, what is actually done. And as these war crimes uh, have been committed, as evidence is gathered, uh, and then ultimately prosecuted, uh, that that all has to happen. That's an important part of this whole process. Uh, we also talked today, uh, and went back to uh, a talk delivered over the weekend by other Ronald A. Rasband, of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, on religious liberty, and just the important role of religious liberty in society, uh, not just for those of faith, but to everyone. Uh, And how civil society uh, is often the answer that uh, government often can't do it all and and that bigger government is not necessarily the answer. But the answer was is surely found in in bigger citizens, more heroic communities, uh, and those who make up the difference and fill in the gaps. Uh, for so many, especially as we look at these refugee crises uh, coming from various places. Uh, we're still dealing with uh, uh, so many uh, coming out of Afghanistan. Uh, now we have a host uh, coming out of Ukraine. Uh, and so interesting, we had Alex Stone on the border, on the U.S.-Mexico border today, uh, talking about, uh, first it was 200 Ukrainians at the Mexico-U.S. border, and then it was 600. Uh, and today, over 1,500 Ukrainians uh, who he described uh, as uh, very professional Uh, many of them spoke English Uh, many of them were in IT or uh, uh, professional Uh, and and just how they had the means to fly uh, to Mexico City and then up to uh, Tijuana and then to the border uh, so that they could apply for asylum there on the US-Mexico border and he mentioned, Alex mentioned uh, the fact that it was so ironic that uh, he, you hear uh, so many different cultures there at the border that you have uh, Spanish uh, music playing and Ukrainian and Russian languages being spoken. He said it was a, a very interesting combination. Uh, but Alex was also clearly uh, concerned that if these numbers continue to go up, and then remember, we're only about five weeks away from this Title 42. Uh, being rescinded uh, that was put in place uh, during the pandemic. uh, And that could cause uh, another wave of uh, people coming to seek asylum uh, from South American countries. Uh, And many are predicting those will be very large numbers. Uh, And as those roll in, you add that, and if the number of Ukrainians coming to the U.S.-Mexico border if that continues to increase then what kind of situation do we have at the border uh and those are those are real struggles and, and real challenges to be sure uh, so as we come down the home stretch today uh just want to remind everyone that the the world is filled with armchair experts uh who can pontificate and bloviate to whomever will listen uh, to their negative rants and predictions uh, and often they are criticizing those who are actually in the game and who are actually doing something They demonize those they oppose, and they heap praise on the mediocre with whom they agree. And rarely do they move the conversation forward to any kind of positive possibility and good outcome. And it's also true that those who do the most, whether that's in life or in business, are those who generally talk the least, uh, which is why I'm on radio. (laughs) You have so many that are so busy trying to make a difference, they, they don't have time to talk about it because they're doing it. So a good way to evaluate those that you choose to listen to is to observe how they observe themselves. Are are they always pounding their chest and saying, look at me, or are they pointing to the outcomes, which are ultimately the things that matter most? And so, you know, success in anything requires a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. It's a lot of hard work, uh, but we should celebrate those who are in the game and again a big shout out to Leslie Carpenter for getting in the game and showing not only how you become an unangry constituent but how you become a great American citizen thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today I'm Boyd Matheson and as always as you go out into the world today make sure you see something that inspires say something that uplifts and do something today that'll make a difference All day resource for critical breaking news, traffic and weather, and conversation about Utah's most important stories. Listen on any smart speaker, the KSL News Radio app, and in your car at 102.7 FM, KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City, KSL News Radio,
1: Utah's all day companion for news.
0: A gun in the face.
1: Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me.